Good afternoon. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Smart Cities Chronicles, your podcast for smart cities action, investment, and outcomes. I'm really excited today because with given the current tensions around the world, today being March 2nd, 2022, um, I had the opportunity to interview Janaid Islam from XQ Message. Good afternoon, Janaid. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your what your background is in XQ and why anybody should really uh, currently today be concerned about um, ransomware and cybersecurity. Great, well, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Junaid Islam. I've been involved in secure communications uh, 30 years now. Started 20, 30 years ago, creating something called MLPP, which is the red button to launch a rocket. Then did MPLS routing at Cisco, mobile IPv6, and actually helped create uh, Zero Trust uh, working for the intelligence community as a researcher. Now I'm at XQ where I'm a board member and CTO. And what I help uh, customers with is something called zero trust data protection. And that is to create a way to uh, protect data where the data itself has zero trust in people or software programs who might want to uh, either copy it or access it. And we kind of have a very new approach to protecting security, actually making the data itself aware of its environment and policies. So it's a, it's a kind of a new approach that's kind of revolutionary. If I remember correctly, I was told you guys had a patent on this, correct? That, that's right. We have some patents around zero trust data protection, specifically around how we basically, uh, when we encrypt data, we put meta tags on it. And those meta tags uh, are, are basically random numbers. They're kind of meaningless. But what they do is they connect to a policy server where someone like a, a city government or county uh, or, or even rural community can set policies such as where it can be read, like maybe only in their location. So even if you move it out of state, the policy server says, no, you're out of state, I'm not gonna give you, or um, uh, only certain programs, like you know, I've got a, a, a program that's storing data on say land and uh, lease uh, you know, county lines, uh, who owns what, and you can say only this program is allowed to uh, talk to me and get the data. If it's a different program, which could be a hacker program, <laughs> a file transfer, where I say, no, 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 you're not the authorized program. So we allow, uh, again, governments to put either simple policies or complex policies on who and what and from where the data can be accessed. And that is the heart of zero trust data protection. It has zero trust in anybody. And everybody. So, so again, I, I was very specific about giving the date to everybody, March 2nd, 2022. If I'm a community in the United States, why should I be concerned today after some of the geopolitical tensions that we've seen around the world? I think, unfortunately, uh, cyber war has now become a reality, and we're seeing cyber attacks around the world. Here in the United States, uh, a lot of uh, small communities uh, might say, well, hey, maybe that's an issue for a bigger city, like obviously Washington, D.C. or New York. But, you know, I'm in a small town. I mean, that really doesn't affect me and nobody even knows about me. I think that is uh, a dangerous misconception. Uh, across America, in small towns, uh, a lot of military bases are in small towns. Uh, a lot of Air Force bases are in small towns. A lot of defense contractors are in small towns. So I think if you are in a, in a, in a quiet very friendly community, you might want to think about 
who your citizens are or who your local companies are. And I bet uh, that there's probably more defense contractors and military personnel in your town than, than you think about on a day-to-day -day basis, just because they're there all the time and they kind of blend into the environment. And right now, you know, unfortunately, we have foreign governments targeting the U.S. defense supply chain. Uh, Why is that important that it would be a government and the fact that geotensions are geopolitical tensions are higher? How does that change the operating environment for a community? That's that's a great question. You know, there's been a lot of ransomware attacks happening, uh, as we know, but they really fall into two categories. <clears throat> the bulk of the ransomware attacks that have happened the last few years are what I would call very opportunistic. Someone just sending somebody an email, uh, say, give me your password, and then they get lucky. Unfortunately, when governments get involved, they use that trick, but they use another trick, which is far more dangerous. They have something called uh, lateral moving malware or self-propagating malware. So this is a code that they will install into somebody's machine simply by sending them an email. And unlike how we think of a cyber attack where someone says, give me your password and you give them the password, these lateral moving malware basically once it loads onto your machine by itself goes across the network and finds the data and can either steal it or destroy it. So the very important thing people need to consider is if you're a small town close to military base or you have a, uh, a defense contractor in your town, in your community, that a state-sponsored attack is much more lethal than getting that email asking for your password, which is easy to ignore. And that, that's, what people, that's why people really need to take this very seriously, on, seriously today on this uh, March 2nd. <laughs> yeah, uh, so also, I mean, you, we mentioned ra ransomware, but you brought up what you call destroying, which I think mm -hmm. you also told me earlier was wipeware. And, and why is that so drastic for a community? So typically when we think about ransomware, we think about you know, people who come uh, steal your data or encrypt your data and then ask for some Bitcoin. What happens when you get involved fighting a foreign government, they have no interest in you know, shaking you down for $5,000 or 50,000. They will just come delete your data. So you know, we use the word wipeware. And that is lethal because when you think about malware that moves by itself, that can hunt and find the data and then wipe it out for uh, a county government or city government that has not prepared for it, 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 it could be non-recoverable uh, if, if they haven't properly uh, taken the countermeasures, which is doing very secure uh, offline backup in a completely different facility. So let's talk about that. So, I mean, we've talked about the fact that we're in a heightened uh, alert system, that the chances of wipeware or completely destroying the data are greater. So how could XQ Message help um, a community uh, specifically with this idea that, you know, they could destroy every, all your data? So one of the good things that's out there is, uh, of course, there's a lot of cloud-based storage systems uh, oh, and they're actually very inexpensive. So what we do is we provide the zero trust data protection that can take your data from your community, your city, uh, your county, encrypt it, but set the policies so that only you can decrypt it. So basically, uh, you know, we, haven't, we, we have this notion of agents and gateways. So the agent will be on your local system. It'll basically ingest all the data 
and then park it into one or more cloud operators, again, which is very expensive, but the benefit of what we do is we ensure the encryption keys are only given to people in the county. Uh, this is important because many states and cities have this uh, have a compliance model that says only uh, county personnel or authorized personnel can access the data. So they've been a little hesitant to use clouds. With our solution, they have complete control, right? So we basically absorb all the data and encrypt it in a way that only they can decrypt it and then push it off. So and you know, how long, Janaid, how long so? If I'm a community in Kansas, yeah. Missouri, and I'm going, okay, I'm not really prepared for this, how long would it take to deploy um, this kind of solution? And what's the process for it? So the good news is it takes about a week. And, and I'm saying it's good news because it, it, it doesn't take months, uh, but it also doesn't take a day. The cloud-based uh, backend, th that is up in, you know, in, in an hour. So that's pretty quick. Where, where it takes some time, is to work with the computer department of the county or city to figure out where their data is. What we find across America is everybody's taken a different approach to county records, tax records. And you know, so there's a discovery process, one, to figure out what they've done. The other important thing is everybody has different databases. So one of the big mistakes you can make in disaster recovery is just making a copy. Because then what happens is you can't reverse that transaction because database have specific like libraries, they call them links, right? And if you break the link, you can't recover. So we work with the local team and uh, IT team and we help them. We've done this a bunch of times. So we understand, figure out where the data is, what kind of database technology are they using? You know, is it a database, is it Oracle? And we figure out how can we export the data? And then the most important thing, we do a dry run, right? So we, we go through this whole thing, we do a snapshot, We we send it off and then we reverse the whole transaction and make sure as the data comes back, it can be read. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, something we've- No, I mean, that's, that's great. It sounds like you have a ready-made solution to backup data. Um, only certain people can access that data. You can do it in about a week and you're actually working with that community to devise the best way, the best solution for them. Um, now, the other thing that you mentioned earlier when we were talking was your zero trust chat, which I thought was really cool about how you can protect communication with both city employees, but then also city residents. Yeah, so one of the other things, uh, there's actually two cyber attacks. One is wiping out data, but the other is also to look at all the email communications within a city uh, to figure out things like passwords of, say, where their bank account is, right? So one of the things XQ's developed is what we call a zero trust chat. So this is, uh, it's just chat, but it's completely self-contained and every chat session has a different encryption key. And why that's great is it requires no training because everybody knows how to use web chat, but because XQ gives all of the software for the web chat to the city or county, it allows them to have a completely secure communication system where only their you know, uh, city or county personnel even know about it, right? And it, it ensures that if someone, attacks your email system. They won't know anything about how you're moving money around, where your data is, all the things that are the lifeblood of a community. We wanna make sure that nobody knows except the people in the community, <laughs> county supervisors, if, if, if the they're mayor. transmitted through the zero trust, trust chat, chat. That's right. gonna be protected. That, that, that's right, because it's okay. a completely self-contained system. There is no external links. So this makes it very different than say, uh, uh, mobile apps that everybody's familiar with, which are great, 
but with those mobile apps, there's always a copy somewhere else. In this case, there is no copy. Gotcha. So what I've heard you say today is that there's an increased risk profile. Um, any community of any size could be at risk. That part of the increased profile is that um, uh, bad actors would actually destroy the data as opposed right. to just putting it for, for uh, ransom. And that uh, XQ message has actually worked with a lot of communities in the United States to deploy these, the backup solution. And it takes about a week, but that's really because you're spending a good amount of time helping the city. Um, each city is different in terms that's of the right. data architecture. And so you're helping them. So what we're gonna, um, just for the audience, um, this, this um, podcast will also have some information in the podcast about how to reach Junaid and XQ message. And uh, again, I'm gonna say the date, Junaid, today is March 2nd, 2022. And this is Philip Bain from the Smart Cities Council. And thank you everybody for your time. And thank you, Janae. Thanks for having me. <laughs>